Hi there, good evening everyone. Um, my name is Rosie Goldsmith and welcome to the National Theatre's uh, platform talk on Pinocchio. Um, now, in 1883, you'll all remember, in 1883 it was a book um, by an Italian writer called Carlo Lorenzini, and then in 1940, Pinocchio was a film created by Walt Disney. Today, we have the, <laughs> the stage musical created by, um, by Dennis Kelly. So welcome to, to you, Dennis. And I just want to tell you before we start that we are captioning tonight's um, talk, and you'll be able to see here on the caption box, this is this um, incredible technology, and Orla over there is the stenographer. Orla is captioning everything we, we say, everything you say when you do um, your questions as well. So um, thank you to Orla from Stage Text and um, on with the show, as they say. But um, if anything can convince you of the magic and the incredible magic of theatre, then this production of Pinocchio can. Now, if you haven't seen the production yet, um, just wait, you won't believe your eyes. And if you're seeing it tonight for the first time, we're here to provide you with a few insider secrets into the production from none other than its creator, the writer Dennis Kelly. Um, now, Dennis, we're going to ask you, obviously, to reveal all the secrets, or at least some of them, yeah. by the end of the I'll, show. I'll, and I'll pretend I know how they work. Yeah, you know that one of, <laughs> one of them's gonna be that, yeah. the nose, no lying. Um, but, um, so first of all, how many of you have actually seen the show? Oh, that's a fair amount. Say about half. And then the rest of you, are you seeing it tonight? Or you, soon, <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's about half and half. Well, we definitely won't give too much away, but Dennis, first of all, this is a, a multi-dimensional masterpiece. I mean, you've got music, you've got magic, you've got incredible stage set, you've got wonderful costumes. Um, how do you begin to write the script to pull all these different threads together? Well, I mean, um, first off, I should probably say you know, I'm just one part of it. Like there's, th it's with a show like this, it, they're so big that it's really, um, you know, you, you kind of, I, I mean, I'm the script and the story and I sort of do that, but you know, I have no idea it's gonna look like this, <laughs> absolutely none. So when I'm writing, all, all I'm trying to do is I try, try and stay in the story. I mean, I'm not that visual a writer, but I hear voices very clearly. So I sort of try and stay in the story and try and stay with the characters and sort of, you know, be as truthful with them as I can. But also, with a show like this, what you'll tend to do is you'll do workshops because it's about so much more than the script. So uh, we did about three or four week-long workshops in the National Studio where, you know, we'd bring in puppets, you know, we'd bring in snatches of songs, I'd write a bit of dialogue, then you sort of squeeze them all together and hope that they work, you know. Mm -hmm. But it, the workshops are sort of key for something like this. Now, you are known um, primarily as a playwright. In fact, um, Dennis has got a play opened just this week in, at the Royal Court as well, too. So you've got a lot yeah. of strings to your bow to keep using this <laughs> very long, drawn-out <laughs> metaphor of strings and threads. But um, you, um, this, as a playwright, is there enough for you as a great wordsmith to get your teeth into here? I mean, you're known for writing the book of Matilda, the musical. I'm sure if you've seen that, an absolutely fantastic production um, done well all over the world. Um, and this one, how did you, because there are even more elements in this. Yeah. How did well, you sort of create the script? Yeah, weirdly, that's, that's one of the hardest things. When I did Matilda, uh, I mean, I, did, I had no idea what I was doing. So um, I basically wrote a play with holes in 
and uh, expected <laughs> a Tim... A play with holes in. Yeah, with holes for songs, like three-minute, 45-second holes. <laughs> and, uh, and then Tim Minchin's yeah. meant to come in and fill yeah, them with and the When the Tim lyrics. did come in, I kind of realised, oh, maybe this isn't the way it works, <laughs> and I have to leave more. <laughs> and I gradually, it took a long time for me to understand that what I had to do was leave space, emotional space for him, and story space as well, which is a weird thing to do because it's counterintuitive if you're a playwright. If you're a playwright, you want to tell, give as much possible... Um, shape to it you know w way more so than screenwriting or film writing e even though you don't necessarily write stage directions stuff like that in in the dialogue itself you want to give as much information you know as much information as you feel is necessary for the story to work but with a with a musical you have to sort of not do that and it's a really hard thing to do but with this it was a little bit um it was probably a little bit easier because i was the last in with matilda i was the first in with this, I was the last in. There was already some movement going on. There was already they already had ideas around the puppets. John was already directing some stuff. Martin had already it's done John some Tiffany, the John director. Tiffany, the director, and Martin Lowe had done some beautiful work on the score, some really beautiful work on the score. So then it was about kind of trying to fit those things together and fit around them. Mm. Now I mentioned the the book. The um, the original story came from this Italian story. Um, I, I, he, he wasn't called Pinocchio originally i remember he was called something and was another he not called pinocchio he was he, actually it was called pinocchio the book wasn't called pinocchio no no well it was serial it was serialized wasn't it it was it was one of these sort of monthly uh, publications it was only ever meant to be a short story and he killed him at the end but he, it, people liked it so much that he had to bring him back and it was a kind of a curse he sort of hated it in the end Collodi. he kind of <laughs> hated pinocchio you know and he was quite brutal to him as well. If you ever yes, read sir. the original, he's, he's quite nasty to him. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and, and also Pinocchio in the original story wasn't a very nice oh, little not, boy at all. Yeah, I was about to swear there, and I, I was told not to swear before I came on stage. <laughs> but Were you going to say he, nasty? He was a total fill-in whatever uh, <laughs> aggressive word you want to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, but you've so you've you've not, and then you have the. I mean, that was groundbreaking in itself. The Italian book, the novel, um, and it was appealed to, 1883, as I said, it appealed to children and to adults. Yeah. And this is, again, this is carried through this idea of Pinocchio appealing as a story to children and to adults, which I think is its great skill, yeah. really, its great, uh, um, if you like, achievement. But with the Walt Disney film, which is the one we probably all know best, um, you've got Again, another great masterpiece. Mm. You've got the first, or the second, I think, ever um, animated film after yeah. Snow White. Well, Walt Disney always claims that Snow White. I think there is, it was actually an animated film before Snow White by the, quite an obscure, uh, I think, French animator, a woman, actually. You know, that she used to do this sort of um, silhouette-type animations, and she did a feature. But uh, Walt, uh, Snow White was certainly the first kind of major feature that was out there in the cinemas. And then... Um, Pinocchio came along and actually Pinocchio was a huge flop it just didn't work as at a all. film yeah it didn't it, they people didn't go and see it but then it was re-released about 10 years later and actually it started to take off and really s sat with the popular imagination but in the beginning it was a kind of a flop it was it was revolutionary because there it's and, and they sunk enormous amounts of money into it for the time you know but it was revolutionary because of things like you know the, you, the, the fish looks through um, water at the at, the, at Geppetto in the workshop and it was kind of seeing that at the time was mm. just amazing you know but this was 1940 so this is the war had already yeah. started and I imagine that was one of the reasons it didn't do so well yeah because it's quite a dark story you know it's quite it's quite a dark brooding story and it's it's a it's a it's a sort of oddly I mean the uh, the initial um, story is kind of disjointed but so is the film in a way when you watch the film 
Disjointed um, how? You mean episodic? Well, it's very episodic, yeah, and it's very episodic and sort of odd things happen and the story doesn't do quite what you want it to. And I think there's, there's something similar going on in the film. So there's a huge sequence at the beginning, which is Geppetto in his workshop, which it, is, it goes on for a very, very long time. And I think if we were looking at it today, we wouldn't allow it to go on that long. But I think it went on very long because it, it te uh, it, the technology at the time, it was just fantastic. It was just like we were just watching something we'd never seen before, you know. Now, in order to prepare yourself for your um, achievement, if you like, um, a, a similar groundbreaking achievement, really, ha what did you do? You read the book, you, re you, you watched the film several yeah. times, you knew the film already? or I, I didn't know the film... I, I knew the film, of course, I knew Pinocchio, but I didn't, I realised I hadn't actually seen it, and weirdly... You hadn't seen no, Pinocchio? No, but most people haven't. Put your hand off if you've seen Pinocchio. I don't believe you. I, oh, look at you. that. Oh, that's yeah. it, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, honestly, it's... it's I can't uh, believe yeah. you haven't seen the but film I think, as I think a kid. As, I think as well, like, if you if you ask people in their, like, 20s and 30s now, they've, they've generally not seen it, and also people can't quite remember it, we found. You know, we found that... Like, we, you know, we uh, just asking people around, what do you remember? And they kind of go, there's a nose. and Or they remember the donkeys, or they remember... So it's something that's sort of there, but not sort of, like, really rooted in our sort of... You know, it's, it's not like The Wizard of Oz, which we all remember every single frame of, you know what I mean? But... It's interesting. I mean, I do remember the Pinocchio film yeah. really well, and if you, I mean, you can just, can you just instantly picture Pinocchio, the, you know, the, the little, the little puppet. Yeah. Um, in Lederhosen, which in is Lederhosen. strange for Italy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he had Lederhosen. Absolutely right. But you've actually captured some of the Italian feel, some of the Walt Disney. You've got the lyrics. You've got the five original songs from the yeah. the Walt Disney film. So you've got this, the whole combination. Yeah. But I should again say that that's not me. Just to say that's that's John and that's. Martin and you know that's uh, and uh, Bob who designed this incredible set you know he's we, we kind of interweaved Italian words in the set so you'll see that little Italian words are there you know but I think it was just a sort of again we wanted we wanted to move away from Lederhosen and Pinocchio you know we we, we, we love the film and, and the film is this this production is more the film than it is the book but it's also neither in a way as well we, we moved away from the film and we found new things uh, that we wanted to put in. Well, tell us some of the new things without yeah, giving too much away. Yeah, but it's hard because I'll give it away, away. to those, those Well, actually, people. there is one thing. I think we can talk about Jiminy Cricket. Oh, Jiminy, yeah. Jiminy's a lady. Jiminy's a lady. Isn't that fantastic? I yeah. mean, if you've seen it, you know Jiminy Cricket and is... And she's brilliant, isn't she, Audrey? She's, she's amazing, yeah, amazing. yeah. And she looks like a cricket. He look, you know, the, the little Jiminy <laughs> puppet looks like a cricket. Whereas, you know, the top hat and tails were gone, you know. So we, we changed things like that. We, we wanted it to feel sort of different. The main thing from the film, there's some structural stuff from the film in the, in the sort of book, but also the songs. What was exciting about what we were doing was, um, so Pinocchio, I mean, Disney don't let people do these films. They just don't let anyone do them. And when I think John went to meet um, Disney, they said no. <laughs> they so said you went and asked them whether well, he, I think could, they he had could do a, he had a production? Sort of, they, you know, he was doing, you know, he, John's done amazing stuff and they wanted to meet him and they said, would you be interested in anything? And he said, yeah, Pinocchio. And they said, well, we don't, we don't, no, no, we don't let anyone do those. And uh, then as he was going out the door, I think they said to him, well, what would you do with it? You know, and that began a sort of a dialogue with Disney. And so we were lucky enough to get the songs. And that meant a lot because certainly for me as a, as a writer, I was very interested in that because um, there are actually quite a few, like, so there are, I know two directors at the moment, 
who are going to do f who are, have plans to do films of Pinocchio based on the original Collodi, and there's possibly another two others, you know. Um, and there are, uh, you know, occasionally there are puppet shows and operas and plays based on the original, but no one can do the 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 film because Disney never let it go. And to me, that felt like, in a way, that's the sort of cultural artifact we understand more. You know, that's the one that's kind of in our hearts and. You know that little boy is the one that we remember, and those those songs are just so sort of iconic. So that it, that was what was really appealing about it, I think. Do you feel in any way? Um, do you feel helped or hindered by the Hollywood film? You personally, in your writing. Uh, I think because um, it was quite sentimental. In, in it is quite sentimental, and we sort of moved away from that a bit. So so our Pinocchio, like you, as you rightly mentioned, you know the original Pinocchio is a. Um, uh, expletive that we, we can't say and uh, the, the Hollywood version is just too sweet he, I thought he was just kind of like he's really nice and you know there was nothing there's no, he's such a nice little kid you know and we wanted something that was not not the kind of nasty piece of work that the original Pinocchio was but also we didn't want to go too sweet so we found somewhere in the middle mm. but I think it, I mean the, the film I, I, I watched the film at, and then put it away. I read the book and then put it away. It was the same with Matilda. I read the book and then put it away. And, be, and then you start writing. And then there would be certain moments during the writing process where you kind of, it might be useful to dip back into the film mm. or look, at, look back at the book. But generally, if you don't, so if, if you sit there with the film and with the book, you'd never create your own work. And if you don't, you, 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 it can never live or have a soul unless you sort of try and make it your own, I think, you know. It's much more of a challenge, though, isn't it, than um, writing your own plays or writing your own TV scripts, which you've, which you've done as well. Yeah, um, it, it can be, it can be. But, but, I mean, I never worry too much about what the audience expects. I mean, that's what uh, always surprises me, that that's, you know, like, people are often, when I'm asked about Matilda or, or Pinocchio, they'll, they'll, people will sort of say, are you worried about you know, what people's expectations were. And it never seems to bother me, maybe because I'm arrogant, I don't know. <laughs> but also because I think if you get caught up in that sort of stuff, you can't make a story, you know. And as an audience, I, when I, as a, as a theatre-goer, I don't like people trying to work out what I think. I know what I think. I've not come here to see, for you know, for someone to figure out what I think. I want to see what someone else thinks. And then I'll like it or not like it, you know. You mentioned the story. I mean, yeah. the story is, um, it's a, it, you've kept to the story. Um, it's quite a straightforward story, but it's, you know, it's the adventures of Pinocchio. Um, he's a little wooden toy, um, yeah. and he, all he wants is to become a real boy. Um, and so he leaves, uh, Geppetto, the puppet maker, creates him, and, um, and he goes off, and he deserts the father. Yeah. Um, and again, he, you know, that's a cruel moment as well. He said, I don't care about him. Off I go. Yeah, yeah. And there, you've kept you kept the the balance of the cruelty and the yeah. We sort of like that because it's it's sort of about um, you know Geppetto. I mean, also Geppetto is a, a an older man who wants a kid, and that that sort of spoke a lot to you know families are very different now than they used to be. You know, and there people have children older, and you know, they, and families do not look like what they used to look like. And there was something interesting about saying this is a you know it's an unusual family we're going to have with. This, uh, this old man with this wooden puppet as a boy, but it's still a family. And a blue fairy as a mother. And a blue fairy as a mother, yeah, yeah, that's right. to everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, you know. And uh, that, that sort of felt very interesting. But also we wanted to, you know, families, families, uh, family is about breaking hearts, you know. We break each other's hearts in, fa in, in families, you know. We don't mean to, but we, we do. Kids break our hearts and, uh, and we break our kids' hearts and it's, 
you know, but that's all part of being in a family. It doesn't make it being a family any, any, um, any less wonderful, you know, but uh, we, we, I think we just wanted to reflect that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Now, when um, Pinocchio goes off on his adventures um, because he wants to be famous, um, he wants to have fun, he wants yeah. to be famous, um, he wants to become a real person. Yeah. Um, he does go through these various adventures and meets these various people and he carries his conscience with him, the yeah. cricket, um, the green cricket with the bright emerald eyes. It's really <laughs> fantastic. Um, but he, he it's, it's, it's a big morality tale, really. Yeah. Um, the whole thing is a big fat morality tale. I mean, how do it you is. deal with that? Because you could be constant. I mean, what is the morality? What is this morality tale for you as a writer? Well, we sort of changed it. I wanted, I was in the film. She, the fairy, kind of says, "When you're good and kind and courageous, then you'll be a real boy." And I wasn't remotely interested in that. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> who cares? Who cares about being good, kind, and courageous? So I wanted to find something else. I won't tell, t say what it is because it that sort of gives the game away. But it's she, the fairy tells him, "When you find the one thing that unites all people, what the, what the thing that we have in all of us." then you'll become real, then you can become a person, you know. And really that's what Pinocchio's journey is to sort of, is, is, to, find, is, is to find that one thing. But there was a few things in the film that, as brilliant as it is, and this is not at all knocking the film, but things like lying, for example, you know, when he lies, his nose grows. Well, in my opinion, a, a kid should learn to lie. We need to lie. We, we lie all the time as humans. That's what we do, we lie. And the weird thing is, is we tell kids, don't lie or your nose will grow. That's a lie. It won't happen. Your nose won't grow. We tell them not to lie by lying to them, you know. And so we wanted to sort of subvert that a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So we sort of, you know, the lies tend to be around. It's not so much that he's lying. It's more that what he's lying about that sort of crea creates mm -hmm. that. And then we use that in a different way as well, you know. You've got um, the, <coughs> the scariest scene of all, which is for me, which is the Pleasure Island um, yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, that scene. It is yeah. absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, and, and there are echoes of the film, but you do change, you do yeah. change quite a few aspects of that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that is where children go um, to enjoy being naughty. Yeah. Um, and then they end up, you know, slaves, and they end up with, you know, donkeys, um, tails, and so on, too, and, and ears. Um, now that is that's where this sort of morality comes to <laughs> comes to yeah. fruition, if you like. But how did you deal with that scene particularly? Because um, it could have been thrust down everybody's throats, really. But, it was, but it's quite spectacular. Well, yeah, we saw that scene the, the, in the in the, in the I think I just ran at it really. The, the the idea was to have fun with it, like the idea of kids being naughty. You know, Pinocchio meets this girl Lampy, yeah. who, who uh, you know she's called Lampy because she lamps people. You know. And, uh, she certainly does. Yeah, she? She, she Has anybody ever got hurt in the production? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Not yet. Don't worry, it's Touch not that wood. violent. But it is. Um, but yeah, she's she's you know, and and it's a it's a big crazy mad scene where all these kids sort of run around being naughty, and it, there's something glorious about that. There's something absolutely brilliant about that. But of course, you know, it goes it goes horribly wrong for them. The but also the end, we change the ending a little bit as well, so that it feels less like. Um, you know, it feels less of a morality so It feels less kind of like, don't, don't be naughty, you know. Mm. Yeah. Which of the lines that, um, I'll say the lines you've written. <laughs> yeah, but which, which lines for you are the most memorable? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, because there are so many, um, th there are so many metaphors, there are so many um, sayings, if you like, and statements like, you know, 
Pinocchio, when you are, um, when you are, a puppet never feels any pain or, um, you know, and you don't ever have to worry about pleasure and pain. And there's so many sort of set pieces, if you like. I mean, also that stuff with the blue fairy really gets to me because, you know, um, I I don't think this will kind of give it away, but we, we kind of imagined that the, you know, the Geppetto talks, oh, maybe it will give it away. Yeah, it might give it away. I, 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 it's not <laughs> fair to those people. But no. there's some stuff with the mm. Blue Fairy that I think that really sort of gets me, you know, mm. and and ha- kind of about loss and you know just how you 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 know life is like that. Life is full of life is full of wonderful, incredible, amazing things, but it's also full of heartbreaking loss. You can't have one without the other, you know. And and we wanted to sort of reflect that. I think. Mm. Now I mentioned that uh, Jiminy Cricket is a a woman. Um, why did you make her into a woman? Make him, make it into I a woman. I don't remember actually. I think it was because um, when once we'd done the f- once I'd done the first draft, I looked at it and sort of thought, "There's a lot of blokes here." You know, it felt very, it felt really blokey. You know what I mean? It felt really like Pinocchio's a bloke, Geppetto. You know, the only p- w- woman was a blue fairy, and it just felt kind of, it just felt sort of interesting to sort of, you know, uh, change it around. And and uh, also, it just was nice that there's a this male-female relationship, you know, we're we're in a place where we're sort of getting past the idea that men and women only look at each other in certain ways. And so now, I mean, we're not not past that at all. We're not totally past that at all. But now, for example, you know, uh, my best friend is a woman, you know, and it's, it, it, but it's very rare on TV or films that that's ever reflected that a man and a woman can have a totally platonic friendship or, you know, or, or beyond the family, you know what I mean? And there was just something interesting, I think, about her being a woman and him being a, him being a boy, you know. Especially today, of course. Yeah. I mean, it is, I know that this was written a long time ago in that sense, but it is, yeah. it, it does have much more poignancy today, yeah. I think. You know, the, the fact that she that she is a woman, or it is a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a woman. Yeah, she's a woman. She's a she. She's definitely a she. Now, if you think that um, all stages of the Pinocchio story, you know, from the book to the film to today, the musical production, have been in their way quite revolutionary, what do you think could be the next kind of revolutionary stage for this story? Because I don't know. It's a really I mean, interesting... I wonder what would happen. I mean, here, for instance, you have got magic. I mean, real yeah. magic is taking place. And again, if you've seen it, it is hard to tell how some of the tricks or the illusions yeah, yeah. are created. And the puppetry, um, I think, is the, ma- the, the Like the whale, for example. Yeah. I love the whale. When I see that whale, I just think, how, yeah. how the hell is that happening? And I know how it's happening. But, you don't um, know. I do know. Yeah, you do, do know. know yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it is, it is of its moment, too. And if I think of the other productions, well, like Matilda as well, which was you know, groundbreaking, too, but also Harry Potter and the Cursed mm. Child, which John Tiffany John directed, yeah. um, directed. And that, and that was an, uh, also spectacular. Um, but then we get used to that as well, too. And we what's do. I wonder what the next stage yeah. of production will be. I don't know. I mean, it's worth saying. I mean, one of the things I really love about this is it's sort of like it's actually quite uh, rough theatre, but just done really, really well. So the what it do you is mean by that? well, it's not it's not sort of it's not too slick and it's not sort of like um, incredible video projections. And it's not sort of, um, you know, it's kind of the, the puppets look like puppets. You can see four or five people operating them and you know there's something sort of put together about about it but at the same time um it's 
that's done incredibly well and on quite a big scale you know what i mean i, I sort of like that about it because it feels very it feels like it feels theater it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a, t a film or 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 anything you know like i think that's something i never quite enjoy when i'm in a theater i, wa I want to feel like i'm in a theater i just i like theater for what it is i like it for being that odd live experience where we don't know what's going to go wrong, you know. And it's I timeless too. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be set in any particular no, time. No, yeah, we wanted to keep it sort of, because I think it, you can, with something like this, you can set it in a kind of weird mythical time that kind of talks to certain times, but, you know, is not necessarily in those times. It's, I got, I it's Italian, it's yeah. but it's not, I mean, I know the, it was sort of 90, the film was 1940, so um, it would have been, have a kind yeah. of 1930s feel to it. Yeah. But, but, but even that sort of, just it it is what it is really yeah um there's no there's no high tech screen and no no sort of lasers or no anything no like that yeah happening. yeah no we've got none of that mm -hmm. but i, I mean I, I as for what the next step for pinocchio is i don't know but it's a story that can constantly reinvent itself and like when, when i was doing it starting off i was thinking you know you kind of think okay what's what's the story you want to tell with pinocchio and you kind of think oh it's artificial intelligence is sort of interesting you know but in the end i kind of abandoned that because i sort of thought I don't really, y there's a lot of people talking about artificial <laughs> intelligence. We don't need, we don't need to see Pinocchio talking about it as well. And, you know, it, it was, there was, it was more interested in what it is to be a person. And that is the thing that in Pinocchio is always really interesting. What makes a human a human, you know? I think that's nailed it really, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's the whole story is about how we become yeah. human beings. Yeah. What makes us into human beings, which is why, I mean, not to, I mean, it's why it endures, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Mm. And I mean, is that in a way we are answering? I'm answering my own question in the sense that um, this story does appeal to all ages, probably for that reason. Do you think? I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's and also this production very much for children, for adults, for anybody yeah. who's interested in good theatre. Really. Well, I think it's sort of what, what it's. Um, I, I felt like this when I was doing material. I think what's great about Raoul Dahl is he doesn't lie, like he he doesn't lie to the kids. He doesn't say life is fantastic. You're gonna have a great time. He actually says, you know what? It's quite bad, you know. But he does it in a funny way. He does it in a really interesting way. And he and I think kids respond to that because they don't like being lied to, and they get lied to all the time. We we're constantly lying to our kids and sort of like pretending you, that when lying. Well, we just pretend the world. We're, we're kind of like we're 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 scared. I, I, we do it because we're we because you know we're we're scared of upsetting them. But you know we don't want them to see too many dark and brooding things. But they are going to be adults and human beings in a world that is sometimes dark and brooding. I mean, so you think you've got to prepare them? Well, I think you've just got to be honest. I think it's not even about preparing them. I think it's 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 much purer than that. It's about whether 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 something is truthful or not. I mean, I'm not saying that um, you should instantly go. The first thing you should teach your kids is that you're going to die sometime and they're going to be alone. You know, <laughs> I think I don't think you should go too far. But I think it's there, there's something great in like i say there's something great in dahl in that he doesn't sort of he doesn't sort of shoot he, he makes it funny but he's still not sugarcoating the kind of truths underneath it you know and it felt like that with um pinocchio you know it felt like so when, when you get to pleasure island and the kids turn to donkeys they don't magically not turn to donkeys afterwards they are going to be donkeys i'm afraid for the rest of their poor sad donkey little lives you know and that's i, I kind of sort of i respond to that and i think oddly children respond to that as well do you think, um, ultimately, as a writer, you're more dull than Disney? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah, probably. 
yeah. considering what you've written as yeah, a playwright. Yeah, I'd say so. Too. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And, or you know, TV like pulling and so on too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of satire and dark humor yeah. and. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who doesn't like a Disney film? You know, I like a Disney film, but I mean, like I say, I think the original, for my taste, was probably a bit too sweet. So um, I did say at the beginning you were going to give us, give away a couple of secrets. Which on just I'm, one. I'm not going to do. Just one little one. How does his nose grow like that? I well, mean what happens is when he tells a when he tells a lie, <laughs> he, his nose magically grows. Um, yes. Okay. Um, if you've seen it, it is quite extraordinary that scene, isn't it? When the nose grows. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. Isn't what it? about I'll try and catch you up? What about the the donkey's ears? Yeah, I can't tell you that either. Or the or swallowing the fish. Can't tell us that either. Swallowing the okay. fish. I think you can probably see it. Can't well, you? It's, it's kind of like yeah. it sort of folds yeah. up. Doesn't I, it? I actually can't tell you because the illusionist. Um, wouldn't want me to and it's it, you know th we have an illusionist who did all the illusions and you know it's kind of it's a bit m I don't know if he's a member of the magic circle but um, <laughs> you know what the magic circle like you're not allowed to give away yeah, tricks that's right. it's a sort of a thing like mm -hmm. that you can't actually so things like the levitation and stuff like that we're not allowed to sort of say brilliant absolutely so brilliant. sorry about that yeah. I mean I'd love to <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm very slack and normally I'm a total grass but not today, I'm afraid. I'm really sorry. We, we have to finish it here. Um, but thank you so much for coming. I just want to ask you, have you got a favourite tune? Oh, uh, I think... Can you, can, you, can you sing us out, maybe? Uh, <laughs> I, if, I, if I did that, you would, there, there may be a stampede. So I don't want to endanger no. the National Theatre. What theater. is your favourite I think tune? When You Wish Upon a Star, because of what my, Martin has done to it. And, and I, I like it because I never liked that song. Do you want to know that and song? now I love it. Anybody want to sing along with me? <laughs> Let's go. Let's, Let's go, go for it. Right, well, thank you first of all to Dennis Kelly and thank you so much to Orla. Thank you to the National Theatre. And if you'd like to hear this again, it is a podcast. Um, so uh, who's going to give me a note and we'll sing it out? Right, I'll try and come up with a note. Go on, then. When you wish upon a star. What's the rest of it? Makes the no difference who you are. Uh, I can't sing. What am I doing? Come <laughs> true. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thank you, Dennis <laughs> Kelly. <laughs>